Hello, and welcome to a roundtable discussion on the Topic of Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, I'm joined by guests for a lively conversation on a topic we hope you'll find interesting. Okay, we want to welcome everyone to day three of the Wizard World Austin Comic Con and to the first panel slot of the day at 11 o'clock. This panel is called Comics Podcasting and Blogging. So our assumption is that uh, you guys have some kind of interest in blogging and or podcasting about comics, comic culture, and everything that surrounds that. Um, my name is Derek Royal. I am the co-host of the Comics Alternative Podcast, and we'll, we'll talk about our various podcasts as a way of introduction, but uh, I'll let the others introduce their, themselves. I'm John Mayo. I do the Comic Book Page Podcast. It's been going on since 2007. We do, on Mondays, a weekly comic spotlight. We talk about a DC, a Marvel, and some other comic. Um, we then do, once a month, talking about sales figures uh, for both the comics and trades. We also do a preview spotlight episode of what's in previews and what's coming out. And sometimes we do some roundtable discussions, like this panel right here will go up as one of those. I'm Cole, Jedi Cole Houston of the Jedi Cole Universe, and uh, among the many podcasts that I'm a part of, uh, Hey Kids Comics, I co-host with uh, the founder, uh, Andrew Farmer. The idea he had with Hey Kids Comics was we would do a comic book podcast that was structured like a comic book, so each episode is a new issue. We've been running for just over two years now. We've had two annuals, and we'll even do story arcs. Occasionally, we'll do things like we did a five-episode series called The Seven Deadlies, where we talked about the seven deadly sins as they pertain to comic book stories and comic book characters. And we also will just do, uh, it's mainly topic-based, and we try to reimagine, rethink, uh, really think more deeply than what's necessarily on the page, as well as just do some fun stuff. Like we uh, recently did an art called Challenge of the Super Fails, where we did five issues on just some of the worst comics and worst comic toys ever produced. Yeah, and the Comics Alternative has a different take than the other two you were introduced to. Uh, Our tagline, as you can see from our cards that I strategically placed around in many of the chairs, uh, our tagline is two guys with PhDs talking about comics. Uh, My colleague Andy Kunkka and I are friends from graduate school. Both of us have an interest in comics, and both of us are comic scholars, meaning we do a lot of our professional scholarly work on comics, graphic novels, what have you. And a couple of years ago, we thought, you know, it'd be interesting to do a podcast about this where we can bring kind of an academic, teacherly perspective and bridge that with our fan appreciation. So we made the decision to basically make any kind of comic fair game except for mainstream superhero comics. So the DC and Marvel universes are verboten for us on the podcast. We we enjoy that stuff. But our reasoning was many, many, many other podcasts were devoted to Marvel and DC superhero characters, and so we wanted to do something different, thus the name The Comics Alternative. So we'll look at a lot of alternative, indie, self-published, sometimes mini-comics, sometimes web-comics, and sometimes comics that are published by the big two but are not superhero things. 
So um, you have a little taste now of the kind of things that we do on our podcasts. One of the things we'd like to do fairly early on in this panel is to get some feedback from you guys to find out, one, why are you here attending this panel? And it could be because, you know, you're bored, you're tired, you just wanted to sit down for a while. We hope that it has something to do with comics podcasting and blogging um, because we'd like to see what you would like to learn and, you know, maybe what we can learn from you if, if you're already doing this stuff, some of the strategies that you have. Um, let, let's start. I mean, why, why are you guys here? A show of hands. How many of you guys actually do a podcast already? We've got one person. How many are interested in doing a podcast? Okay, Most. so fair amount. Yeah. Excellent. Um, do you want us to talk more about what it's like to start up a podcast, what it's like to be doing one for a while, uh, the technical side, or... Sure, a little bit. Startup, yeah. Okay, yeah, startup, startup. One of the first things I would suggest if you're thinking about doing this is be a guest on somebody else's podcast first. It gives you kind of a, a sense of what it's like to, to get on the mic, talk, have a conversation about the comics and such, and see how that gets received. And it also means by doing it that way, you don't have to worry initially about recording, posting the stuff, editing, all of the things that kind of differentiate somebody who has been on a podcast from somebody who, in my mind, is kind of a, and I hate to use the term true podcaster, but has actually done all of that work. So if you can get a taste for, is this something you're comfortable doing? Because some people are, some people aren't. Then it makes sense to, to look into, okay, what do you need to do for the recording? And you could do that with minimal investment in hardware and software, uh, getting used to the editing, uh, posting it using something like uh, uh, WordPress and stuff like that. But the other thing to think about if you're going to start a podcast is there are literally hundreds of comic book podcasts out there. We're just representing three of them. We have different takes on comics and, and our vantage point on it. What do you bring to the table that is sufficiently different and interesting to what's already out there? And, and there will be something. You just need to find it and go with that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that was one of the things that when Andrea was starting Hey Kids Comics, we kicked back and forth a lot of where do we want to go with this? How do we want to approach it? You know, there were no shortage of people saying, well, here's what's coming out next week, doing reviews of what came out this week, that sort of thing. And we don't, you know, I personally don't read enough of the new comics to feel comfortable about trying to be your source for reviews and such. Uh, Andy reads a whole lot more of them. But what we bring to the table is I'm going on 50. He's just a little, he's um, about 40 years old. So we have two entirely different histories with comics. And what we bring to the table is a lot of the new and the old. And, you know, I can pull stuff out that he hasn't even heard of. And, you know, the hope is that we're generating interest in finding some of these older books, go dig through the back issue bins, find some of that sort of thing. And the other thing is we just have a good dynamic. He and I have been podcasting together for years. We were with Amazing Comic Cast and are still part of the United States of Geekdom. And when he approached me about doing his own show on my network, I, of course, jumped at it. But that was the thing is we were thinking, what can we, what's your deliverable? What can you bring to the audience that's enough different that you're going to find that audience? Yeah, and along with finding your niche in terms of the content, uh, I mean, that, that is something that was in the forefront uh, uh, of my mind when we were first discussing, my colleague Andy and I, uh, doing something like the, that became the Comics Alternative, but thinking of the name itself, okay? So if you do set up a podcast, and you don't have to, but I think it's a good idea to get your own domain name where you can get your own website, and thus you can also not only pod, post your podcast there, but also blog and all of that. And so look around for, along with your idea, 
a name that is containable, memorable, and not taken by anyone else. Now, luckily, comicsalternative.com, let me say that again, comicsalternative.com, <laughs> how's that for self-promotion, was not taken. So I nabbed that, and we made that our website. Uh, now, where did we start from there? We had an idea, we had a domain name, we had an interest in wanting to do a podcast. How do you get into the nitty-gritty? And, and this is where... Um, Using the community that's already out there is handy. And in fact, the first person that I contacted when I started or wanted to start the Comics Alternative was John. I had been listening to his podcast, the comic book page, for a while, and I thought, okay, he does a good job. And I'd listened to a number of other podcasts as well. Not that they didn't do good jobs, but much of it was kind of meandering fanboy, fangirl stuff. It's like, huh, isn't this cool? I really like it, which is okay, and that has a place, but that's not where I wanted to go. I wanted to get into comics analysis, numbers, and, and what have you. Well, I'd so, kind of like to listen to PhDs go, oh, it's so cool. Yeah, we, we do that every now and again. Um, They're just much more long-winded about it. Right. No offense. Yeah, no, I, no, that's okay. No, we get that all the time. And they use better grammar. Yeah. Yeah, uh, longer words. <laughs> But but contacting someone who's been doing this for a while and asking them, hey, could you take a couple of minutes out of your life, please, and tell me how you got started? And John was kind enough to not only correspond with me about this, but to send me material, even a PowerPoint presentation that he had given uh, at one point. Uh, and so, and I contacted other creators as well, and to lesser or greater degrees, they did or maybe didn't uh, respond to me. But that was helpful, uh, relying on the community that's already out there, and I will always be grateful for that. So don't be afraid to contact someone if it's a podcaster who you particularly enjoy. Uh, their show, just ask them, how do you do it? Can you give me some pointers? Well, and speaking of the, the PowerPoint presentation, there used to be a, a podcasting group here in Austin, and I was part of that, and that's where I actually gave that presentation. And part of the, one of the signs, I think, of, of you're a potential podcaster is can you talk ad nauseum about something? And that's usually going to be your topic. I mean, for me, I'm one of those guys who reads like almost everything in the, well, I think everything actually right now in the mainstream Marvel and DC universes. I can talk comics really well. I've been doing podcasting for a while, so I can put together, here's how to go do things, here's, or at least how I do things, editing and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, listen to podcasts on whatever subject you're, you're thinking of to find out how you're going to be different from those guys, what they're doing that you like, that you may want to emulate, talk with them, get ideas from them, get get feedback. Learn from people who have done it. Because when I started, um, Ian Levenstein from Comic Timing was one of the people I had gone to. It's like, hey, how do you post these things? I can handle the editing and whatnot, but the whole WordPress stuff I don't get, and he walked me through it and stuff. I've paid that forward with, with Derek and a few other people. So, you know, there's there's a community out there, and really, at the end of the day, you need a microphone, something to record with. It can be on the computer. It could be some other kind of a device. You need to know when to hit record, when to hit stop, something to edit it in. I use Audacity. It's free software available on Mac, Windows, and Linux. Learning how to use it to do the basics for editing, not hard. I can walk almost any of you guys through it. Um, it's actually one of the, Audacity is one of the most uh, intuitive programs because I'm I often refer to myself as the unfrozen caveman of technology, and I can use Audacity. With relative ease, I probably grossly underutilize all of its capabilities. But if you want something just a good basic editing, I would highly recommend it as well. Yeah, I use Audacity every now and again, but I'm a Mac guy. Mm. And if you're a Mac person, you know that with your Mac comes GarageBand. 
I've been using GarageBand from the very beginning to pull together, to mix, to create our podcast episodes. Very easy, very intuitive. I'd never used GarageBand before that time. Every now and again, I'll go to Audacity for something, but I got the main point here, whether it's Audacity or whether it's software that automatically comes with your system, doing a podcast is not a money sinkhole. It doesn't have to be. It can be. I mean, once you, we were talking right before the panel, you know, you get one or two really nice, expensive uh, technology toys, and it's like going down the rabbit hole, right? You want the, another one and the next big thing. Uh, but it doesn't have to cost you much at all. I mean, just what John was saying. You know, a microphone, some place to record it could be your own computer. And it's not an expensive business by any means. I mean, I record a lot of my stuff over Skype with like a 30 or $40 gaming headset. Now, do I get unbelievably great audio quality? <laughs> I get listenable. It's good. You know, if I were a, an audiophile and really spent the time on that, I could make it better, but I'm talking about comics to comic fans and other comic book readers. As long as they can hear me and make it out, by and large, that's not a big deal. Just a side note on your uh, garage band is kind of neat. You can also uh, use a modulator to change your voice. So if you want to broadcast in a different voice, garage band is really easy to do that. Yeah, I don't know if every, everyone heard what he said, but yeah, you can use a modulator to change the sound of your voice in garage. In fact, one of the other podcasters on my network, uh, Eddie Medina, who's my co-host on the Rant Corps Pit, uh, he and his wife do a show called Figments, and their introduction is modulated, so there's this real resonant kind of thing going on, which I've not bothered to do on my yeah, own most yet. Most of the time in a Windows-based I do think GarageBand is kind of the default one for anyone on a Mac. Audacity, I think, can do most of those kinds of things. But that's also something you should be thinking about at the beginning of what is your brand, what kind of podcast do you want to do. There's some that are very much heavy, either with the modulation or the other special effects or kind of the, the, the rim shots or the, you know, the, the laughter and, and applause or whatever. And there are others that have, like, none of that. Neither is better or worse. It's just a different style of podcast and a different kind of audience you're going to hit. And figuring out up front or early on what your brand is and what you bring to the table I think is really important. I mean, for me, part of why I started the podcast, in, in counterpoint to what Cole was saying, of not being somebody who reads a lot and therefore source reviews, I do read a lot, and I have for decades. Right now, my co-host on the reviews is somebody who's newer to a lot of these characters. So he'll see somebody in, like, a New 52 comic from D.C., and it's like, oh, this brand-new character. I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> this is somebody who 30 years ago was this. And that serious comic book fan, that's kind of the brand I've got for the Comic Book Page podcast because that's the kind of guy I am. There are other people. Um, uh, one of the other panels yesterday was uh, Con Radio. They were doing more of a morning uh, drive-time talk show radio kind of a format. What are the rumors of the day? That kind of stuff. And they did it really well. Not the sort of a thing I personally want to listen to, but that's just my interest. Some of you guys may love that stuff. It was They, they did it well. But again, figuring out brand, what you want to do, how you want to do it, may also influence, like you said, what tools you use and also obviously which operating system you're on. And what's interesting uh, in talking about uh, the approach that you take, two of the shows that I have, the Rancor Pit, which we've done for about, uh, it's almost a year old now, will be a year old in about two weeks, and uh, Hey Kids Comics, both now have live shows out of Deep Alum on Air. I was approached back in uh, April, on February rather of this year from uh, Jansen Ray, the founder of Deep Alum on Air, via the Facebook page for the Rancor Pit, asking. He said he really enjoyed that show. It was only six episodes in. Asked us if we wanted to bring it to his studio to do live video 
podcasting. When we came in, we walked in that studio the first day, about three months later, once we got everything finalized, and we had no idea what we were going to do. You know, we're used to like talking into a mic. And it became obvious early on that we just changed our dynamic and we went with more of like the morning radio show, mm -hmm. only you can see us type of approach. And what's nice is we alternate. We're going to do every other Sunday. You have the Rancor Pit one Sunday. The next week you'll have the Rancor Pit live and we alternate back and forth. So we get a nice switch up in our dynamic as well. Yeah. And you know, what you just said, Cole, reminds me that uh, when John and I talk about podcasting, we mean audio podcasting. So yeah. there's no visual component to it unless you just want to, you know, sit and look at your portable device while you're listening. <laughs> I guess that's visual. Um, but, you know, there's some who choose to do a podcast, comics related and otherwise, using visuals. And so there's video and also audio that goes along with that. And what a lot of people do, I, I don't do this, so I don't know much about how one goes about it, but um, they do their shows through someplace like, let's say, Google Plus, and then record it. It goes live but then they archive it later and put it on YouTube. Now, I've been on a few podcasts like that, but I've never produced one myself. But that may be a way to go. And, and that brings in another question in terms of audience. Because you have an idea, you get started in various ways in deciding you know, what your voice is. How are you going to get an audience? How do you advertise? The more platforms that you're available on, I would guess brings you you know a larger audience, right? It just makes sense. Uh, so if you have both an audio and a visual component where someone can get the audio, but if they want to, they can see you on YouTube, then I think you more you have more chance of more a larger audience than you would if you were just video or if you were just audio. Well, uh, another thing along those lines is again doing an audio podcast. I've I've toured around with the idea of doing video, but there are a couple of reasons I haven't. One don't have enough time. It would be a lot more uh, of an investment of time of, you know, getting a nice backdrop somewhere I could get the lighting and all, all that stuff to where I get good video. The editing is a lot longer. The upload times are longer, all of that. There's a time and a place for that, but just I've got enough going on that I don't want to do that. But I'm also talking about comic books, which are an inherently visual medium. And if, if you're doing like you said, a YouTube sort of a thing or some other video thing, but with an audio stream, one of the things you want to keep in mind is anyone listening on just the audio stream in their car or whatever, they can't see what's going on on camera. And just if you get in the habit of, of treating it kind of sort of like an audio podcast anyways of, hey, I'm, you know, halfway through this comic at the staple, here's what's going on, look at this. Or if somebody has the comic, they can flip to the thing that you're looking at and say, oh, yeah, that, that panel's amazingly done, or yeah, maybe not so much. But to to do kind of that, that sound tour, audio tour, if you will, um, even if you're doing video. And again, it comes down to audio or video, uh, time and a place for both. I, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube, different time commitment for each. Um, now, for you guys on, on the audio stuff, how much time can, of, you know, say a, a certain amount of, of recorded time, how much time behind the scenes does it take you to put that together? I think they'd find that interesting. That's a good point. For myself, it really varies from show to show. Like Andy and I have been doing Hey Kids Comics so long, we're like a married couple. We're literally finishing each other's sentences. The editing time is very minimal because we we just have that rhythm that we can even go in where, you know, one or both of us, there have been times where literally we walk up, you know, we're, we'll phone each other up and be like, I don't feel like doing a show tonight. And we do the show and it just, that's all we needed was to be doing that show to get us back on center. And, uh, but because of that dynamic, it's a lot easier. There are some other shows that I'm part of or I have the uh, duty of editing 
that because you have, especially if you have guests on, that's mm. when it'll throw our dynamic off a little bit because then we're having to, you know, edit pregnant pauses or things like that beyond what we would have. But it, it again, it really kind of varies. I, I've had some where the editing is just a breeze and some where I spend about an hour or so, two hours, because we'll do shows that are about an hour long and it usually takes about an hour and a half to two hours to listen to an hour show while you're mindful of what do I need to stop and cut? Where do I need to punch up the levels a bit so you can hear what somebody's saying and that sort of thing? Our podcast episodes, on the average, run about an hour and a half. And, and by the way, your your podcast can be any length, right? It, it's not like radio where you have a certain allotted time where it has to be 30 minutes or an hour. It can go on as long or as short as you want. And if there are those podcasts that are too long, I mean, I've listened to podcasts before <laughs> that, you know, are two and three hours, you can always cut it off and come back to it later. So if someone, if I hear people say, oh, that, that podcast episode, they always, or that show, they always have episodes that are two, three hours long, that's too much. I, I, I'm wondering, can't you just cut it off? You don't have to listen to it all in one sitting. So it can be as long as you want or short. Ours on the average is about an hour and a half. So we take about an hour, 45 minutes, uh, two hours to record because there's always chit-chat back and forth right before we get going. And then in terms of the post-production, I probably am a little lazier than you. I don't listen to everything I just recorded. I go back and I listen to it in spots, and you can see visually with the recording that you've made where there is what I call a flat line of sound where there's silence, and you try to cut those all out if they're, they're, they're too long. So I'll go through and I'll spot check things. I'll mix in music every now and again with my podcast, which is another decision that you know you would need to make. Do you want an intro and an outro? Do you want music or little clips or sound effects that go within the show itself? And that can take some time. I probably spend about an hour, maybe a little more than an hour in post-production uh, before it's ready to go up and become available for people to listen to. But that varies. It's not hard in that I, I, I could do it in my sleep now. It just takes a little time in post-production to put everything together and get it out there. There's really kind of four stages, though, of, of doing a podcast episode. There's whatever prep work you're going to do. For a comic book one, that may just be reading a couple of comics. Not hard, but does take a little bit of time. When I do that, I'm jotting some notes down of what I'm going to say. Then, like we've talked about, there's the recording stage, you know, which takes as long as it takes, with a little pre-game, post-game of, hey, we're <laughs> going to talk about this. Hey, I think the show went great, or, you know, whatever. There's the, the stuff we've just been talking about of the time it takes to edit out either the pregnant pauses, the talk over, the misspeak, or the noise in the background, or, or nothing, depending on what your choice is. And then there's also kind of the other post-production stuff of, okay, now I've got to actually save that file out, upload that, post that on WordPress, get the word out, and stuff like that. So, you know, I think the the editing time taking uh, roughly time or two of, of what the recording time was is, is, I think, more or less average. But then you've also got to factor in the how much pre-work, post-work did you do. And from what I've heard and from my own experience, because, again, it varies wildly from the types of episodes I do, three to four times the, the final episode length is not uncommon. So factor that in in terms of how long you want your episodes to be and just how much time you have to devote to it and then how frequent you're going to do the episodes. And along with the amount of time you want to invest in this, much of it will depend on something we haven't addressed yet, and that is are you going to be a solo act or are you going to do a podcast with someone else? And before we got started, the three of us were up here uh, sharing our experiences and how we work. I've never done a podcast solo where it's just me by myself. I don't know if I could do that. 
Um, but you can. There are a lot of podcasts, comics-related and otherwise, with just one person on the mic. And sometimes they can last an hour. Many times it goes shorter than that. Um, or you could do it with a co-host because there are many podcasts. I know John's is, mm-hmm. mine is, and you have one as well, Cole, with just one other person. And so it's a conversational feel. You go back and forth, back and forth. It's an entirely different dynamic when you have three or more people that you bring into the conversation. I've done that every now and again when we have special episodes, uh, interviews, sometimes podcast crossovers. Mm -hmm. I know that John and I have done podcast episodes where my co-host and I and John and his co-host will get on together and do a particular show. And that has its own kind of challenges. If you have four people or sometimes five people on mic, and, and there are different locations where you can't look at them and see, okay, is it your turn to talk or my turn to talk? You, you have to set up a rhythm in some way. And, and some people are better at that than others and stuff. Absolutely. And the other thing that between the, the solo, the two people, or the group or whatever, is if you're going to have guests on um, and interviews and such, uh, I, I talk about sales numbers and stuff. And, and part of where I started in podcasting is I was the guest on another podcast. And it was one of those where they had five or six people on it. So it was a big roundtable kind of a discussion every time. And I was on the other end of the phone. And as a guest on that, it was a lot of fun. It was a great show. But it was one of those, one guy would ask a question, I'd answer that. Now, normally, if it's a one-on-one conversation, the interviewer needs a little bit of time. He'll follow up with a good follow-up, whatever. But if it's a group conversation, guy number one's done with his question. Guy number two comes in with something totally unrelated. It's like getting hit by a fire hose almost. (laughs) Because by the time he's done... Guys, C, D, and E all have their questions, and you're just kind of bouncing around. It can be a lot of fun. It can be a great conversation. They usually were. But it can also be a very tiring experience, and it comes down to, you know, again, how well does does the group dynamic play out? Absolutely. And I personally have done everything from a solo podcast. The first two, the original incarnation of the Rancor Pit was just me for a half hour. And after I just kind of fell out of that, mm-hmm. I decided to bring it back as a two-person podcast because the dynamic with Hey Kids Comics was so good. But I have done everything from the first podcast I was on when United States, or, uh, when, um, VaderCast started, uh, Tim had an unwieldy cast of like seven or eight of us. Maybe even as many as nine. And it was just sort of this rotating whoever was available type of dynamic. And over time, it just sort of digressed down into four core members. I brought a friend of mine on. I brought my wife, Catherine, on, who now has her own podcast. And we've done crossovers. She has a show now that's uh, What'd You Think, which is a post-movie movie review, which she describes as like being the... Um, conversation you have on the way home from a, after you go see a movie with friends and it's a really neat dynamic it's her a co-host and a guest each time and one time well hey kids comics is a couple of times andy and i both snuck onto the show and we're doing things like uh, uh guardians of the galaxy and things that were like oh, we want that one <laughs> and, uh, but I, I mean i have done everything from you know nine people on mics at the same time to just one and the important thing is when you get beyond two or three when you're getting into four, like we have the United States of Geekdom, or when you get into five or six, I've been in podcasts with six people, and it can be a cacophony. And what you need is to have, if it's your show, be a strong leader, kind of set the dynamic at the front that, you know, guys, if we start talking to e- over each other, some of us need to pull back and just kind of, you know, jot down a note of what you want to talk about, and we'll go from there. Because otherwise you get just this 
white noise, effectively, of just voices on voices. Well, and the strong leader, I think, is is definitely the key point there. You've got to have somebody kind of driving the show and, and helping people of, you know, if there's talk over, okay, whose turn is it, so to speak. And another sort of uh, a way you can split podcasting is, are you doing it face-to-face? And at which point, the talk over stuff, you can just kind of point to somebody and say, okay, you, you go and, and you hang on or whatever. But if you're doing it over Skype, which is up until this year where I had done almost all of my episodes, uh, other than, you know, one or two a, a year, you know, face-to-face, you don't have the, the visual aspect of that. And you're going to have more of the, the kind of chaos ensuing, you know, because um, I, I started out doing uh, on my own podcast solo stuff. And I'm, I'm just an introvert by nature, and you give me a mic and stuff, and it's like, yeah, I can talk into it if I've got something to say, but not having anyone to, to bounce off of or to ask questions or whatever, it just didn't work great for me. And that one kind of pod faded before I started back up with a co-host, you know. But now um, I've gotten to where my sister and I are, again, Guardians of the Galaxy. Go see the movie, get a couple of mics, just go chat about it afterwards. And in this case, you know, we were going to go talk about it afterwards anyways. Why not record that as an episode, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's fun to do, but knowing whose show it is in terms of are we done talking, are we going to keep going or whatever, being organized helps. Yes. As far as constructive criticism for people who are just starting out, as experienced podcasters, is there one common mistake Okay, the question was about, uh, for us as experienced uh, veteran podcasters, is there a common mistake we encounter when listening to other uh, podcasts that, or that you know, we're aware of in our own work, I guess, that uh, we would recommend avoiding? With, with me, it's listening to myself, as well as other podcasters, where I become aware of certain tics pauses, uh, things of that sort. A lot of ums and ahs as I'm thinking through things. Or when I listen to someone who repeats the same phrase or makes the same sound over and over again, I, I, I make a mental note, okay, make sure that I don't do that when I'm on the podcast. I'm sure if I go back, and I haven't done this in a long time, and listen to my first episodes of The Comics Alternative, where my co-host Andy and I were Starting out, we're basically getting our sea legs, so to speak, in podcasting. We made a lot of mistakes, and we didn't sound professional. Not that we sound professional now, but I do think that our delivery is a little better than it was. So I think that that's one of the things that I'm self-critical about, and I I try to improve as I go along. I, I think that's probably one of the number one things. I pause a lot. Uh, I use truncate silence in Audacity religiously because of that. <laughs> um, I do ums. I do you knows. Uh, I've got co-hosts and myself, you know, to be fair. There are catchphrases you use. <laughs> and part of it is you're on Skype. So if you're not talking, you've almost yielded the floor, but you're not done. So you don't want to do that. So you're going to toss the phrase in. It's not good, but it happens. Um, again, with the um, I'm sure there would be people <laughs> who say you should go to Toastmasters and maybe they could do wonders for me. I have recorded... I think I'm over 900 hours now on the podcast. So I've been doing this, again, since 2007 on a weekly basis. I still do all of these verbal tics. If, in counterpoint to what you were saying of how you didn't sound as professional at the beginning, Derek, if you were to listen to my earlier episodes when I was doing just the weekly comic spotlight, and it was about a half hour every week or whatever, I spent a lot of time editing. I removed the ums, the you knows, and it was tight episodes. I sounded so smart. (laughs) 
And if you edit heavily, you can do that, provided you have something at least halfway intelligible to say. And I was usually at the three-quarter mark or two. If you want to put about seven or eight hours in, you can <laughs> you can sound like the most concise person that ever lived. Literally, I was doing about the seven or eight hours. It was crazy. I have thrived. I have done that as way well. back. Because it, it, I don't have the time. I'm doing more episodes. I'm getting to where some weeks I've got six hours of content coming out, you know. And, again, you know. I, I don't know what that's like at all. <laughs> Seven, eight hours of content a week. <laughs> we, I mean, that, that raises an interesting, another interesting point, and that is how professional do you want to sound? Now, I mentioned a little while ago that one of the touchstones that I turned to was uh, John's podcast, which I listen to all the time, and I thought, okay, I want a podcast like that guy. However, there was another podcast that I listened to that's actually a radio show out of Chicago, Sound Opinions, about music. Now, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, which is where I live, the local public radio affiliate does not pick up Sound Opinions. So I would always listen to it, and only listen to it, as a podcast. And I liked what those guys did. Now, that had a professional polish to it because it was a professional radio show. John's podcast, Cole's podcast, which I didn't listen to at the time, I didn't know about. Uh, and then others that I did listen to had a, and I don't mean this in a bad way, a less polished or less professional, much more conversational tone. And one of the things I enjoy about podcast listening is that lack of professionalism. It's like two or three guys sitting around talking, having a conversation, mistakes are made, people point out, the, oh, did you say that or did you mean something else? And so we're self-correcting. In other words, it's like interpersonal communication, and I appreciate I, that in a podcast. I've actually I, I would, equated that to being like overhearing a conversation. I think we've all had where you hear a conversation in a restaurant, and you just, you're dying to get in on it. Yeah. Because they're talking about something you love. It's like, you know, if we were all friends, I could kind of just go over and talk to you, too. And it's a lot like that where you can at least listen to the whole conversation. I, I do want to quibble, Derek, with the, the term unprofessional. Because I know what you meant, and I don't disagree with it, but I would go more with informal or... More casual. More casual. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, to a degree, I mean, not to a degree, entirely, my podcast is a hobby. My main hobby is collecting comics. This is a side hobby off of that. Uh, for what little time and money I have left. And I'm not making any money on it. I could if I really wanted to, but I, I don't want to lose my amateur standing, I guess. And I'm not going after the, again, the audio files and stuff like that. But going back to the question of what are common mistakes, bad editing, bad audio, stuff like that. Or in fact, no editing. Even no editing can be okay. Well, no editing at all probably is a mistake. If you're not leveling, if you're not getting rid of some of the silence, nothing would dr drives me nuts more than uh, when I'm listening to a podcast as I'm driving to work where it stops and there's nothing audible for like two seconds or more. I'm suddenly looking down at my iPod, <laughs> fishing it out of the, the glove box or whatever. What yeah, what happened? Did it stop? Oh, now it kicked back in. They're wasting my time, I feel like, and it's disrespectful to the listener. And it's not hard to do. Again, they're... Uh, be it GarageBand or Audacity, there are tutorials online. They're not hard to figure out some of the basic functionality. And having something that either has too low audio, too high audio, or, or is otherwise unlistenable or, or unpleasant to listen to. I've got a co-host. He's got a headset that, that, that cracks and, and pops and does all these weird noises. I'm getting complaints on that. And they're valid complaints. I'm trying to, as is my, my co-host on those episodes, we're trying to work through that. He has yeah, our initial, uh, when I, the first new headset, podcast yeah. I was on, VaderCast, the initial idea was we would go to like, uh, Tim had found uh, like a local bookstore, like a Barnes & Noble or something, where we could go and set up and record there. But the audio was atrocious because Barnes & Noble is not a recording studio. 
even less so than your own desk where you have your computer. And there are, of course, the sounds of people all around, and the mic is just grabbing everything. But um, you know, beyond that, I think the number one piece of advice I can give to anyone in podcasting, because I've been part of or a guest on more podcasts than I can shake a stick at, is never forget, no matter how personal what you're doing is, you are doing this for an audience. You're doing it for yourself first, but never forget you have an audience. Because when you forget you have an audience, you cease to entertain anyone but yourself. And I have seen that happen even with people whose podcasts I was on on a regular basis. And that sort of thing led to the demise of VaderCast because Tim became more interested in jumping in on what, what other people were doing. Toward the end, it was like, oh, these guys are live. You're, you know, doing video. We're going to start doing video now. These guys are live. We need to figure out how to do live. It's like, no, do what you feel comfortable with, what you're willing to do. Don't feel like you have to do everything everybody else is doing. But do what you love, but remember you're doing it for everyone else that's going to be tuning in, and that's how you gain an audience. Well, the other thing to think about, and for me as a, somebody who does reviews, I'm reviewing books that people have written, drawn, spent a lot of time and effort doing. Keep that in mind. These are people, they have feelings. You don't want to go and just slam their work, or worse, slam them as people. Be respectful, both, again, of the listeners, like you're saying, and of their time, but also of the people whose work you're reviewing and stuff. Even if you don't like it, I can give harsh criticism, but I like to think it's fair and targeted at the work and try to give constructive criticism. We have a, a question here in the audience. Um, yeah, it's, it's about the part you're not talking about, which is what I want to hear. Oh, like, certainly. The difference between a nicely recorded and edited and mixed audio file on my computer and a podcast okay. is that a podcast is out there and people are hearing it. Where does this audience come from? What well, makes it a podcast instead of a file I posted to a blog? There, there's two That's aspects a good point. there. Uh, there's the what makes it a podcast and where does the audience come from? The what makes it a podcast, technically, if you put it up on a blog and it's embedded in there such that it's attached to the RSS feed and you can get it through iTunes, that is a podcast. I am using WordPress. I go old school. I am using the PodPress uh, plugin, which is a long since outdated and unsupported one. I should switch to, I think it's uh, PowerPress by Blueberry. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, again, WordPress and, and PodPress, or PowerPress, standard way to go do it. There are other ways you can get an RSS feed out there. But technically, to be a podcast, if you're streaming it, you're not a podcast. If it's got the RSS feed, you, you are, you do. Uh, excellent question. Thanks for, for pointing out that we've neglected yeah. to even define a podcast. Yeah. The yeah. other question is, where does the audience come from? And a lot of work, a lot of time. I mean, I post stuff. I, I automate posts to Facebook, Twitter. I do articles and comic book resources and stuff like that. I get some people that way. I'm not going to claim I've got like the world's largest audience for a comic podcast or that I couldn't get more. Finding an audience, that's the biggest challenge. The next biggest is actually getting feedback from the audience that they're listening, they're out there, and they like that it. That is the biggest challenge, actually. Yeah. Now, because people will listen, but they won't often tell you that they're listening. Yeah, so it sounds like, or it feels like after a while, that you're only talking to yourself or you and your co-host, and that's it. You know, I think whether you're on iTunes or not, and I do think the goal, if you're a podcaster, is first and foremost, get on you know iTunes. But you can have a podcast where you just you don't even I guess technically would need an RSS feed. You could just make it available from a website or no. a web page, 
and it could even without an RSS feed. I think if you update it, it would be. I wouldn't recommend that at all. It would be very rudimentary. But that would be, for me at least, be the difference between something sitting on your computer that no one has access to and making it available to other people. Now, what kind of audience uh, audiences and platforms are you going to get it on? I do think that getting it on iTunes is uh, a good first step. But I think that there are other options that are out there as well. Definitely get an RSS feed. Um, I think it's the first step even before iTunes because that's what they're going to need. But also getting on other platforms like Stitcher or TuneIn, the more places you're available, the larger potential audience you'll, you're going to get. Now you can advertise. I mean, one of the things I did before we started this session is I placed our business card in this, or actually bookmarks, in the seats. It's getting the word out. We're up here on this podium. There are other business cards you can pick up. We're introducing our podcast to you. That's one another way of getting word out. Word of mouth. That's another way. You know, if you're lucky enough to be featured and new and noteworthy on iTunes, that's another way of getting the word out. Um, slowly, but you're not gonna you're not gonna get listened to by a large number of people overnight. It's gonna take time. I mean, I still think we have a very small listenership. I'd like to grow it, but it's gonna take time. I listen to a lot of podcasts about podcasts, and one of the points they make is if you only have, you know, a couple hundred listeners or whatever, that means you've got a couple hundred people that are coming to you on a regular basis to hear what you have to say. And imagine what that would look like in a single room if they were just to, to drive up and, and come sit there. You know, so it comes down to, I know that I am podcasting about comics. That's a niche market. I track the sales. I know how small of a niche market comic books really are. And I'm talking about some of the mainstream ones. I'm talking about sales. Some of what I talk about, frankly, very boring to a lot of people. That's a very niche audience for that. I get it. Given that, I've got, I think, a really sizable audience. You know, would, you know, the some of the, the, the big, big names in, in podcasts, and, you know, the Adam Carollas or whatever, think I have a big audience? Yeah, probably not. But I'm okay with that. Well, the other thing is uh, when, like, we were approached about bringing the Rancor Pit to uh, a live format, it was one of those things where oftentimes – like we were talking about, sometimes you wonder, do you even have an audience? All of the stuff that I produce, because I'm not very technical, I put everything together on Blogger, and then I have a committed website for the Jedi Call Universe that's tied into that by someone who knows how to do that for me. And uh, on the fun thing on Blogger is I can go in and at least look at what things are being, which pages are being opened. And it's funny to go in and like, you know, when the new episode comes out, you know, that's usually within the top five. But almost any given day, I'll look and like, you know, hey, kids, comics number three. Who looked up number three or, or an old article that I wrote? Like the number one feature on my entire website is an article I wrote about three years ago called Marvolution, the shot heard around the comic industry. And I've done some research. No one had ever written on the subject. I couldn't find any information about... 10 or 12 years ago, Marvel decided they didn't need the existing structure of distribution and pulled themselves out. If you've ever wondered why, if like you buy the previews at the comic shop and there's a separate Marvel previews, that's because Marvel left Diamond for about four or five years because they thought they were going to control every aspect. The event and you can read that about... article about that. But, you know, it's one of those things where, how am I getting like, 3,000 people reading this article or having opened this article. But uh, the other thing is, like we're talking about, you can advertise. You know, I, I do these uh, on Vistaprint or Gotprint, which I'm finding I prefer Gotprint. Um, I'll do some runs of postcards that are pretty inexpensive. Or I started doing the trading cards on Gotprint because they're 
more fun. They're smaller. People can, you know, kind of just grab one and put it in their pocket. And I uh, do a different run. I'll do a thousand of them. When they run out, I'll do another. And I just did one for the live shows. But even before that, before I started spending money out of my own pocket to shamelessly self-promote, I would just go and print three on a sheet, a little blurb about, at the time, United States of Geekdom. And then later when I added the Jedi Cole Universe, just, you know, here's the information, here's the websites. And I would cut them into thirds and then go to conventions and just leave them on the freebie table. And that's literally how one of my co-hosts found out about VaderCast was back in those days. I mean, there and there are a variety of other ways of getting the word out. Social media, that's something that we haven't even even touched on, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, there are many, yeah. many ways of getting the word out now. Um, I'm aware that, or we're aware that uh, we've run out of time, but if you would like to ask us further questions or maybe have us ask you questions about your interests in podcasting and blogging about comics and comics culture, um, hey, come to us uh, after the, the panel. But we want to thank everyone who attended, and we hope you got something out of it. Enjoy the con. Absolutely. And also, if, thank you. If you're keen on conventions, I'll have some with me now. I'm going to put them out on the tables. One of the other sites I run is Convention Awareness Project Texas, where I list every convention in the state of Texas all year long. So if you're keen on finding other conventions, you can find them on other sites, but I've got the only one with every single one. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.